Welcome to the next in our series of JLL Investor Perspectives podcast. I'm Tim Valance, Head of Investor Services and Retail Chairman, and this year we're exploring new perspectives on property, the problems facing real estate investors, and potential solutions and answers. JLL Investor Perspectives is a broad and continually changing subject that requires diverse and expert thinking, and therefore we're enlisting the help of colleagues from across our UK, European and global business, together with clients and other experts to help us define both the problems and potential solutions. To all investors, the single most important element of real estate is value, and therefore valuation is the core of every investor decision, especially during times of disruption and uncertainty. Today's podcast is titled Valuing in a Pandemic, and we're going to explore what has happened in the valuation world over the last year, and perhaps more importantly, what might happen going forward. To help us explore this very technical area, I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues today, Ollie Saunders and Claire Macken. Ollie is Head of UK Commercial Valuation Advisory at JLL, and before joining us to lead our alternative business, Ollie was a partner at Deloitte's and has 25 years' experience valuing all types of real estate from core through to alternatives, and he's passionate about exploring and adopting modern methods of valuation. Claire is Head of UK Commercial Valuation for JLL's investor clients, and she's a member of the Senior Management Executive Team. As well as leading on some of our major investor client accounts, Claire is a retail expert and has the valuable benefit of having worked as both a leasing and investment surveyor. Welcome, Ollie and Claire. How are you both? Very well, Tim. <laughs> it's been a massive year for all of us, but I think you two have a particular tale to tell. So about 15 months ago now, on the 16th of March 2020, JLL closed its UK offices and we all headed home to start working in a very different way. This was barely a week before the March quarter valuations. What happened in the valuation world back then? Yeah, it's funny looking back over a year ago as to actually what we went through, but I do remember in February sitting down with colleagues saying, we've heard about this virus, do you think we should be thinking about that? And what was fascinating at the time was that we were talking to our Chinese colleagues, understanding what was happening over there, and then we were talking to our Italian colleagues, and we were sort of dusting off the dreaded material uncertainty clause, and we we knew something was going to come. When it hit, uh, it obviously went smack into the middle of our, our March quarter days, and I think we've never had such an experience as valuers. It was professionally the most fascinating time about how do you value in a pandemic as markets react, and I think we were seeing that sentiment was changing, not by the day, but literally by the hour. I remember. Claire, how was it for you? Yeah, from a retail perspective, it was absolutely mental. So we were already going through structural change, and we, we actually deliver our numbers the first week of March to the big retail REITs. And on delivering them numbers, we did an hour-long presentation to them on the market, and COVID only got five minutes airtime, and it was mainly over supply issues from Asia and, you know, short-term impact of Asian tourists and investors not being able to get to the UK. Then a week later, you had the market uncertainty clause. Week after that, the shops were ordered to close. Suddenly, there was talk of the greatest global recession on record, but then others were saying it'll be contained and we'll be back to, you know, to business in June. So we had one week until final values, chatting to our colleagues in China. They were reopening as we were shutting down. We were talking to our leasing colleagues and cap markets colleagues to see what they were hearing on the ground. And then we were trying to digest the various government interventions that were being announced and interpret how occupiers and investors would react to them. 
So it was, it was just a, a crazy time. We then sit down as uh, directors and debate and decide on our approach. And nearly by the end of the day, it was becoming redundant. So in the end, we had to make a very final blanket COVID risk allowance to our valuations. And some clients were really irate, saying that they'd be personally overseeing these deductions being taken out for the next valuation in June. So it was, it was really crazy times. It was crazy times and I, I remember it well and I remember being on calls with you Claire in particular a lot around the retail world and of course a lot of our retail investor clients calling up asking you know, what's going on and it was a yeah, true, true upheaval. But it, in terms of actual value itself, what was the effect on value? So for retail, I mean we saw yields last year as low as 3.5% on supermarkets and up as high as 20% on shopping centres. So the impact of that was some of our valuations were up 5 percent for the year on on some supermarkets but then some of our prime shopping centers were down 50 percent it was just real polarization i'd say but also by may i mean we were lifting material uncertainty on long dated income healthcare supermarkets because we had that visibility of, of transactions we could see the pricing that was being made and by june build to rent was coming off and student housing in july and yeah it was beds meds and sheds wasn't it um and it was really just an acceleration of the structural changes that we were going to see i mean it was a very very fast moving market i mean every time i do remember a number of times when you have that intake of breath when you hear about you know the most recent yield and approach that claire was taking on retail compared to our long dated income team where we were seeing you know an acceleration of value growth so it was it was a stunning time to be a valuer yeah i remember that i remember the the rhyme going on beds meds and sheds and then breads was added to uh, cover supermarkets reds reds came in at some stage i'm not sure what that was perhaps liverpool football club who were doing well before christmas but yeah <laughs> things were getting back to not quite normal but um you know so yeah some markets were reacting different to others did a normal return has a normal return are we are we still in the weeds of this what, what are you seeing well as values we're seeing pricing discovery but also how we value is increasingly under the spotlight we're in a short shorter term lease structure, more operational real estate. During the pandemic, we were looking really closely at how debt markets were reacting, what the cost of capital was, thinking much more about those explicit uh, methods of valuation you know, that we are really focusing on. Initial yield is dead, isn't it, I think? You tell me you're the expert. I'm, I'm still seeing them every day. Um, uh, so, not, so not quite dead, um, you know, perhaps existing. Yeah, they're a comparator, but not the principal method. And the analysis that we can do, the data, this all coincided with unbelievable amounts of data that's coming across our screens. So we've got so much at our fingertips to enable us to price more more accurately rather than uh, when I started being a value 20 years ago, what you were told in the pub. So actually, you know, the, the industry has properly modernised and we can look to non-real estate financial indicators to really understand how assets are priced and do those devaluations. So, you know, some of the techie stuff's coming out we're a lot more analytical than we were as a profession, but hopefully it will bring about that profound change that we think is needed about how to accurately value in the current market. I mean, how do you value today accurately? And uh, what it really shone a light on is, is that you can't be a rear view mirror valuer looking at what happened six months ago when you value today. And that's absolutely at the core of the valuation business here at JLL. And Claire, how, how about in retail? You know, what lessons have have you learned about uh, retail valuation over the last 12 months or 15 months? You know, what have our clients learned? I think you know, retail is still evolving and it will continue to evolve. 
All eyes are on June rent collection stats. You know, you've got the forfeiture moratorium still in place and what happens when that expires? You've got a broken business rate system that's in need of reform. And really, ERVs, market rents are really complex. We're using a hybrid approach now, not just looking at evidence, but looking at turnover rents as well and supply demand dynamics. In that regard, you know, repositioning redundant retail space is really important for us as well. So we've learned a lot. I mean, the RICS have have got um, a fair amount of criticism of late, but they did set up a retail market sector call, which was really beneficial during the pandemic. And it meant that for the first time ever, we and all our competitors got together to share market data on trends and deals that were happening. And that really has been invaluable. But I think, as Ollie mentioned, you know, I think especially for shopping centres, they're increasingly complex assets. They're management intensive. You know, we need to transition um, to the primary method of valuation being DCF as opposed to the traditional um, method. And also, I think as ESG goes further and further up the agenda, the DCF is the best way to model those kind of sustainability initiatives. Claire was mentioning that the RSCS stepping in there and helping on the retail side. Uh, there's obviously the, the review going on at the moment. Uh, what, what's, what's that review about and what stage has it got to? And is it, is it going to be an effective review, in your opinion? Well, I hope so. I mean, the Peter Pereira Grays led that, and it's really to look at how we can maintain confidence in the valuation profession going forward. And that's valuation, as you, you said at the beginning of the podcast, is such a fundamental part of our financial system and operation of the, the real estate market. And I, I hope Peter and his advisory board will go deep and actually look at issues of value of competency, how we value pressure that values are put under, uh, which can be extreme, particularly in fast-moving markets, both when values are falling and uh, when values are rising, and making sure that, quite frankly, valuation is fit for purpose going forward. If he doesn't go deep enough, then I think it's going to be very difficult and the valuation profession will continue to have continued criticism. But we're definitely modernising, being more analytical at JLL, because that's really what we think the market needs and it's the best way to value. But the RSS did a good job of the review and I think also during the dark days of uh, material uncertainty, there were sector calls across all sectors of real estate And it was good to see the values coming together and actually sharing that data, helping the market become more transparent. So as an industry, we could have greater accuracy and provide better information to our clients and the people that rely on those valuations. So it was actually a good experience and a good event. Had we sat in our siloed bunkers, I think the valuation quality would have been much lower uh, across the UK industry. So... I think we should uh, be pleased about that. And it also led to the lifting of material uncertainty pretty quickly. I think during the global financial crisis, it took eight months to, to lift it. You know, by May, June and July, we pretty much lifted you know, a significant part of the real estate market because we had that transparency and visibility on sentiment and pricing. But Peter's going to be publishing in September, so let's do a podcast then, shall we? And we'll be able to tell you what we really think. There's a lot of bated breath at uh, JLL for this review. Absolutely, we we will It'll be great to have you both back. And uh, yeah, I think one of the following podcasts on from this one, we'll be uh, looking at uh, what's happening in the, the world of sustainability, as Claire mentioned there a bit more. So thanks for your insights. Um, it's been been really really useful, especially to find out what happened through last year. And d- despite the the hullabaloo and what looked like panic, we seem to have come out of it uh, fairly well. And if this review 
goes in the direction that uh, we want. It'll be good for all our investor clients. So, yeah, we're learning a lot from these podcasts, a lot from our um, campaign. Smart investors will be using this time of transformation to reposition capital and produce strategies to prioritize long-term consumer trends over short-term profit. Forward-thinking investors will diversify and deploy capital into new sectors and locations to mitigate risk. And innovative investors will repurpose existing assets with technology, sustainability, and social impact at front of mind. But value is integral to all of this, and all investors need to seek out and embrace the change you're talking about. Thanks very much, folks. See you soon. Thanks. Thanks Bye. Bye. Bye.